Thank you for joining us here at Crossword Church for this week's message. Our desire is to see people's lives transform as they develop an authentic relationship with Jesus. We would like to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at mycrosswordchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. So today I just want to touch on um, the potential potential in trials. There's potential, great potential. Um, there, was a, there was an old, um, anybody used to watch the hillbillies, the Beverly Hillbillies? You know, and back then it was, you know, there's oil in them, their hills, right? <laughs> but I just want you to know that there is potential in them, their trials. And so that's why when you go through trials, you need to understand, you know, what is God trying to work out of you and work into you as a result of the trial. So there's some, there's, some, there's some potential. Let me just, and this will be moving through uh, four and five. But James also reveals that there's potential in the trials depending, watch this, on our response during the trial. So here's the thing. Trials can work for your good. Uh, trials can make you better or it can make you bitter. Okay. Trials can make or break you. Trials reveals your real place of faith. It actually reveals truly, it locates your faith as you're going through the trial. So the effects of all trials is contingent upon the posture during and after the trial. It is God's desire that when you come through the trial, and notice I didn't say when you stay in the trial, but when you come through the trial, you are better than when you first entered the trial. Uh, so the first thing we want to touch on real quick is that A, trials can produce purity in our lives. Because you know, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. The purpose of, uh, for testing or for the trying um, of your faith by putting it, meaning your faith, through the fire is to remove all the impurities. It's to remove all, remove all the contaminants from your faith. Trials are never naturally enjoyable at the time of the testing, but, but uh, the results produces purity. So what, what I'm actually saying is there are things that can pollute and contaminate your faith. Jude writes to the church and he says, we must be willing to what? Contend. That, that, that's a fighting word. That's a, that's a battle word. That's a warfare word. You have to contend for your faith because God, uh, the enemy, the enemy is not concerned so much about you going to church. He's not so, so much concerned about you serving in church. What he's concerned about is the purity of your faith, is if your faith is actually working. Because you know you can have faith and the faith doesn't work. What do we call that? We call that dead faith. Because faith without works is dead. So we're called to have living faith, right? So what, what contaminates our faith today? When we think of 2018 and so much that's going on, whether geopolitically or in the culture or whatever, what could contaminate our faith? I want to leave uh, five things that can contaminate your faith. I'm not going to expound upon them. I'm just going to kind of drop them there, park them right there, and then you can kind of um, go back and revisit. First thing, doubt, 
unbelief and pride will contaminate your faith. We're going we're gonna to get to maybe today in verses, when verse 5 of the same chapter where James writes and he says that when we ask for wisdom, we have to ask without doubting. And we'll get to that. The next thing that will contaminate your faith, watch this, is it's fear that leads to worry and anxiety. It's really difficult for you to be full of faith and full of fear at the same time. And so it, today, it's very easy and very natural for people to walk around in fear, in anxiety. And we understand as Christians and as followers of Christ, we're called to be anxious for what? Nothing. Don't be anxious, but in everything. Now, how many of us are more prone to do uh, the first thing, to be anxious for everything, right? And then pray afterwards. You know, try to figure it out and then, then pray. Uh, Paul says, no, 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 no. This is, this is, the, this is the way that we have to meet the, meet the trial head on. Be anxious for nothing. The next thing that contaminates our faith is an unrenewed mindset. Wow, I could stay here for a moment. That leads to compromise and then leads to a carnal character. An unrenewed mindset that leads to compromise, which leads to carnal, a carnal character. Number four, number four. What contaminates your faith? Human reasoning, vain imaginations, and worldly philosophies. Oh my goodness. Last one. When God showed me this one, I was like, really? What contaminates our faith? Offenses that leads to bitterness. Just think about how many people are offended just in the body of Christ, right? And we wonder why our faith isn't working, right? So let's go to number B, letter B, letter B. So the first one is trials can produce purity. The next one is trials can produce consistency. Consistency. Verse 3 says, because you know the testing of your faith produces what? Perseverance. Perseverance means to continue, a, a continued effort to do and achieve something despite difficulties, failure or opposition how many people do you know that start something and as soon as they hit a, a little bit of trial all of a sudden they start backing up all of a sudden they're questioning you know maybe i didn't really hear god you know to do this thing see we have to be willing to be consistent to be disciplined to be diligent in order for us to see what god plans and intends for our lives it is the idea of persevering and enduring Many times when trials come, we initially seek the Lord. But watch this. After it's been for a little while, we start trying to figure out ways that we're going to help God. Anybody ever been there? You know, we're praying for something and it's like, Lord, it's been 30 days. And by, by day 35, you already have your, 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 your sketch pad and you're trying to figure out what's the next thing. As if, as if the creator of the universe, as if, as, as if the, the, the giver of all life needs our help. 
But what happens is in the midst of the trial, we become a little anxious, right? <laughs> if we never face trials, we will never really know how to trust God. Just think about that. If you never have a trial, you will really never know how to trust God. We would never know what it means to, to depend on Him and to wait patiently to see Him fulfill His promises in our lives. We would be so busy trying to help God out and handling our situations ourselves. Perseverance in faith teaches us to lay our burdens, our concerns, and our cares at the feet of Jesus. And leave them there, as the songwriter says. Let us see. Trials can produce maturity. Maturity. Let, let perseverance finish its work so that you may mature and be complete, lacking anything. God wants us to be mature. How many times do we know of people that have been in the church for years if not decades, and they are still babes in Christ. They're still operating at a very meager level of faith. And so it's not about longevity as far as how long I've been going to church, but it's about how much I've persevered and have overcame testings and trials and have grown in my faith in God. See? Maturity. The word finish has the idea of being finished, that, that which has reached its limit, full and complete, wanting nothing. And, and here's the thing, it's not, James is not saying that we've reached a, a point of spiritual perfection where we don't need God anymore. It means that we've re reached a point of full surrender where we have surrendered. And in that surrendering process, we're constantly growing and developing and maturing and leaning in and leaning upon the Lord even more. Hmm. The goal, God's goal for trials is that you will be mature and complete, lacking everything, anything. Lacking anything, not lacking anything. The idea is that trials that you face will help to equip you. Now, how many ever feel as though, Lord, I know all that, but I don't really need another trial. You, you know, I think I got it now, Lord. I think, I think I've got to the place now where you don't need to send me any more trials because, you know, I think I'm, I'm there. And he just looks at us and he smiles and he said, okay. And then he sends another trial, and that trial just reveals how much we still need to grow in him. Amen? For those that are married, um, when you look at your spouse sometimes, God uses our spouse to reveal to, um, to us how much we need to grow. And all the married people say, Amen. <laughs> Let me just read the scripture real quick from, from 1 Peter chapter 5. Peter says, in his kindness, God, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Jesus Christ or of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, meaning after you have persevered in the trial for a little while, 
He will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will and he will place you on a firm foundation. What is Peter saying here? Peter's saying, after you have gone through and you've been tried for a little while, the result is that God is going to restore you. He's going to support you and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. How the world needs to be placed on a firm foundation today. You know, um, our dear James sent us a, um, a devotional, and it was asking about help. And I won't go into all of it, but the fact of the matter is, the world is crying out for help. And it, it finds itself crying out for help but looking to the wrong sources for the help. See, if you're in a ship and the ship is sinking, and then you get in the lifeboat and the lifeboat has holes in it, guess what? You're going to be also sinking in the lifeboat. The challenge is that a lot of people can't discern the holes in the lifeboats that they're trying to run to to find hope. But for us who are believers, we have to discern and we have to know that Jesus is not only the lifeboat, but he's also the anchor. He's also the rock. He's also the firm foundation. And so when you have gone through some trials, that's why people that have gone through trials and those that have not really gone through a lot of trials, there's a different disposition. Uh, those that have gone through trials are not as easily moved anymore when they see things. You know, you know it, it's just like have, being around a child and there's a storm. And then all of a sudden there's lightning and there's thunder. And, and, and the child is getting all antsy. And the parent is just sitting there and just say, it's going to be okay, baby. Don't, don't worry about it. And the child is, is, is like baffled. How do you know? And, and, and what the parent is like, I've been there. See, and, and that's, that's the same thing for us. When we go through trials, we have a security, we have a firmness, we have a confidence because we've been there. And we have been there with him in our lives, leading and guiding us. So Paul writes and Peter writes and James writes concerning trials. And all of us are either in trials or are going through trials. But here's the thing that God wants us to understand is how do we go through the trials? Amen? Because once we know how to go go through the trial, when the next one comes, we are we're like Muhammad Ali. We, we, you know, we're bobbing and weaving, and, and, and we're ready because now we have some experience of dealing with the trials of life. And the trials of life don't knock us over 
and you, you, you know, um, and knock us off kilter because we've learned how to stand. And then having done all to stand, and then, and then having done all to stand with, with our loins girded about with truth. And we have our blessed prayer of righteousness. And we got our minds right because we have the helmet of salvation on our, and, 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 and we know what it means to be in a war and come out on the other side victorious. And so just know, church, just know, Crossword Church, that, that God is preparing you. And whatever it is that you have gone through this week or this year or this last few years, God is saying, I'm bringing all this stuff together and I'm working it all for your good, for your maturity and for my glory.